Thanks for tuning in to How's Things, the podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. Uh, I've got a special guest host today, the newest addition to the David A. Howe Public Library staff, Allie Stevick. Allie, how the heck are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Rate your excitement for being on the library podcast like two weeks into your tenure here. Where are we at on a scale from one to ten? How excited? Um, pretty excited. Really? This isn't what I would have expected. Okay. Well, you know, in my first two weeks of yeah, being yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, podcasting. That's good. Uh, a lot of your coworkers don't share that same spark for being on this podcast, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take it uh, where I can get it. Welcome. Thank you. Tell me a little bit before we get into it. Are you like were you one of those kids who was in the library a lot when you were little? Oh, all the time. Really, all the time. Yeah, I have such vivid memories of the library where yeah. we lived when I was a little kid. We'd mm-hmm. go there all the time. And then eventually when we moved here, we would go to the Houghton Library all the time. Yeah. And so books, libraries, big thing in my family, we're homeschool family. So okay. it's very important to nerd us to get alert. all the books that we no, need. Yes, kidding. big nerd alert. <laughs> and so, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite books as a kid? Did you uh, have a favorite series or a go-to? Was there a book that you checked out from the library like multiple times? So I really liked... Elle Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine, which is Perfect. actually Perfect. a fairy tale retelling. On point. That's our topic um, for today, yes. folks. Spins on fairy tales. Anyways. I also loved Harry Potter, but I never had to check those out because we owned all oh, of sure. them. Oh, okay. sure. Until like, we read them so many times that they shredded yeah. kind of a thing and we uh-huh. had to replace them. Uh-huh. But And I also loved the Pendrick series, oh, I which is actually still still a big favorite. Oh, yes. Okay. I know what you mean. I've never read it. What is that about? Oh, so it's about... It starts out with these four sisters and their dad. Their mom died when they were pretty little. Sad. And they um, kind of go away for this vacation and have all sorts of adventures. Okay. But then in subsequent books, they meet new people, other things happen. So the story kind of changes and the siblings actually grow up quite a bit over oh. the series. Okay. Um, which is kind of fun because they grew as I did. Okay. But they're just really charming and have a lot of interesting adventures. Mm-hmm. So I always really liked that. Okay. That's fun. I discovered a lot. Like my first library job, I started when I was 19 and I would do, we had these massive book returns. Like just, it would fill a whole counter, just hundreds and hundreds of book returns every day. And so that was where I found a lot of things that I hadn't been reading or discovered some of my favorite authors. But one of the series I discovered that way was Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events, you know, and those audiobooks read by Tim Curry are just amazing. So I would stand back there listening to those like on cassette on a little r2d2 walkman as i would check in the hundreds and hundreds of books from the book return so library it's in both of our blood i Mm -hmm. guess so we're like library siblings absolutely okay well all right uh let's uh, we were already doing it but let's uh let's get into our bookmark okay so those are things from yesteryear have you read anything lately that you might recommend or something you hate? Sometimes that's more fun. I just this morning on my drive here finished listening to an audiobook of The oh. Mighty Miss Malone. Oh, I don't um, know that. So it's like a, I think, middle grade-ish book. Okay. But my mom read it with my little brothers and she really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. so she said, you got to read this book. Yeah. But it's about a little girl who is African-American mm-hmm. during the Depression, her and okay. her family. So it sounds really depressing and awful, <laughs> but it's actually really... I mean, you said <laughs> depression before. So yeah. I mean, yes. It's quite uplifting and wholesome. Oh, okay. And even though a lot of really hard things happen in the book, um, she kind of finds ways to deal with those challenges and with the sort of really uh, just bright kind of spirit. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to mm-hmm. listen to. Series or just a one-off? I don't actually know. I think okay. it's just a one-off. 
I I read quite a lot of that junior level fiction. Just, uh, you know, things will... I remember there was this Nightmare series that was a trilogy uh, by Jason Siegel that I really liked. But there's, there's a lot of good stuff in that junior section. So um, I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks from that, but I am a big audiobook fan. Were you... Did you listen to audiobooks before you had a commute? Or is this a new thing for you? I did, yeah. Okay. I listened to some audiobooks. As kids, we would sometimes do it. We had some favorites like this particular oh, okay. rendition that has like a really good, oh, you know, reader's theater, okay. that kind of thing. And I really enjoy listening to audiobooks with my younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time that we spend together, we'll put on an audiobook and I'll get out my knitting and mm-hmm. they'll, I don't know what they do, wander around <laughs> okay. and we'll listen to the book and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I definitely need to have something else going on, you know, mowing the lawn, dishes, whatever. But how many siblings do you have? I have three siblings. Three siblings. And where do you fall in that I lineup? am the second. So I have the an older second. sister two little brothers so do you count yourself as like the middle child where do you fall in that i do you do you do you fit those stereotypes i feel like sometimes i feel like an oldest and sometimes i feel like a youngest hmm. because middle. there's a there's right a decent there. big gap between me and the next brother so oh, I, see. I was the youngest for a while but yeah. then i also have these quite a bit younger siblings best of both worlds sort of yeah. <laughs> but yeah okay all right. Uh, anything else that you could uh, recommend lately that you've read, or is that the, that's the top of your list? Um, let me think. I've been working through the Ms. Marvel comic books, oh, which I've really okay. been enjoying. Yeah. yeah, super good. Kamala Khan. That, yeah. New, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've read that character in other things, uh, and I've seen her in some stuff, but I've not actually sat down and read that series. But it was we have them all here because it was so popular. So if you haven't read the series, we have them all in the adult graphic section. Thumbs up so far. Thumbs up so far. And how did you come in to know that character? A friend of mine actually was introduced me to the okay. idea. Yeah, I borrowed a couple books and then moved on to now I have them all checked out. Right yeah, now. yeah, so yeah. they'll be back soon. Don't worry. No, I'll take but. the checkout stats. Post COVID, any checkout stats we can get, I'll take. So. Yeah, but <laughs> I love that. Um, it's a superhero who's not just a white sort of yeah. American, mm-hmm. but is a Pakistani American has a little bit of a different experience going on there. Yeah. So I think that really adds kind of a, a nice extra dimension to the superhero story. Yeah, I think you're right. And that character is getting a lot of play lately because she was just the central focus of the Avengers game that came out. Like that was sort of the lens character. And the upcoming sequel to Captain Marvel, I think it's just called The Marvels now. And uh, that character is going to be in the movie as well. So, oh, I didn't know Yeah, that. more and more that character is, uh, her stock is rising, which is great to see. Because you're right, it, it's it's not a super diverse group, uh, either in Marvel or DC. And they're, you know, little by little, I don't know why it's taking so long, but little by little, they're, they're pushing in that direction, which is good. So if you finish that one on your drive today, what are you, what are you reading next? I'm not sure. I was thinking I'd actually look through the... Uh audiobooks downstairs through okay. the CDs and see if I can find one. Oh, so you're, you're still CDs. Well, old school. Yeah, I old like school. It. Well, I do. I use, you know, like a, an app on my phone right. sometimes. Do you use the Libby app? I can teach you how to do it. I don't use the Libby app. I use Overdrive though. Have, oh, okay. I haven't right. switched same over deal. to Libby yet, same but deal. yeah, same deal. Some of the functionality I actually prefer on Overdrive, but the interface I feel like of, of Libby is a little bit better, but okay. So you're going to browse some audiobooks and yeah. you get back to me. Okay. All right. I have talked about this so much, people are tired of hearing me say it, but I really went through a thing during the pandemic where I just didn't have the, the brain power to like really like invest in, in reading things that I normally would. And I ended up reading a lot of like just comfort food kind of stuff. No regrets, but it was a long time where I would go to pick up a book and just be like, I just can't, you know. But I read two of the best books that I've read like maybe ever in in the last couple of weeks so i've been saving them up to talk about them on this podcast so oh, the I'm excited. first are you the first is a nonfiction called educated it's by tara westover 
So this came out a few years ago and was super popular, sort of transcended uh, the, the nonfiction you know, usually readership of nonfiction is lower. You know, like when you look at our circulation stats, it's just, that's just the way it shakes out. This book sort of transcended that because it really, it reads like a great work of fiction. And in fact, some of the stuff that happens in it is so unbelievable that if it were a fiction, I would think it was stupid. You know, like that's how absurd the situation is. But it's about this girl who grew up, I think it's in Iowa, with a incredibly strict religious family and it's not it's not an indictment on religion it's that's not what it's about it's it's just about her experiences as a child growing up and just the absurdity and like the hardship and everything that she went through where her father was a real like you know the government's after us and we have to like stock up on food and bury gasoline so you know crazy survivalist kind of stuff like in the extreme not mm-hmm. you know not a healthy amount of anything happens in this book and it is just a wild ride from start to finish, you know, and, and I had sort of misjudged the book because I don't know if you've seen the cover, but it's of course nonfiction and it has a pencil on the cover and it's just called educated. And I sort of thought without really paying close attention to it. And that's on me that it was more about education. Yeah, that's I think that's what I would conclude too. Yes. And that is a part of it. Like part of the thing is she is, you know, quote unquote homeschooled. She's not. She doesn't have good parents like mm. you. I she, have the best parents. I, well, <laughs> well, that's so sweet. <laughs> she uh, <laughs> she did not have the best parents. So she, you know, kind of figured things out on her own. And there were certain things she was good at, of course. But she works up so that she can eventually like go to college. She kind of skips all school and goes to college and goes on and gets her doctorate. It's an amazing story. That is amazing. So that is definitely a part of it. But I had always uh, thought it was just something else. You know, I thought it was really more about the education system. And that's sort of like the last quarter of the book that even touches on that. So if you haven't read this book, you definitely should. It reminded me positively of another book called The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Have you oh, heard of that? I think I've heard of that, yeah. That was also made into a movie by Brie Larson. Kind of a similar thing where you're following a, a family uh, through just hardships and terrible decisions start to finish. And But it ends up sort of like you were saying with your book, it ends up being an uplifting story in the end. So if you haven't read Educated, and I know there's an audiobook of it, <laughs> I would recommend it. Uh, the other one is a fiction book called The Dutch House by Ann Patchett. Have you read any Ann Patchett? I don't think I no, have. No, I don't think I have either. It's a name. I remember when Commonwealth came out and I see the name all the time uh, and I'd never gotten around to one before. But I read this book and it is about this. It's so hard to describe the book without giving events away because things just sort of keep happening. But ultimately, it's about this brother and sister uh, and, you know, the loss of their mother and sort of dealing with they start very wealthy and they aren't, you know, very wealthy in the middle. And they, there's kind of an upturn, uh, which we always made fun of that in the synopsis in the New York Times. But it's just incredibly well written. It's like yeah. every turn of phrase, it's like every time she had an option to say something common or say something like unique and interesting, she would just take that path. And it pays off so well. It was the kind of book where I was I finished it and I was sad. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to read more. You know, give me the Dutch House too. Uh, but it, it was it was really good. And the audiobook was read by Tom Hanks. Oh, so, wow. you know, he just, uh, he made the most of it as well. So I think just a dry reading of it would have been great. But I think Tom Hanks reading and really performing it 
uh, kicked it up a notch. So I, I definitely, I recommend both of those books and I can't believe I read them back to back because truly they're going to crack like, you know, my top 10 ever list because I just love them. Uh, you're reading anything frivolous at the moment? Well, you said Ms. Marvel. We can count comic books on the fun frivolous side of it. Um, I'm reading old stuff, Simon and Kirby's Crime Library. Uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby are like legendary comic book creators. Back mm. They created like Captain America and characters like that. This is like a collection of all their like vintage crime comics. So it's good. It's very much like gangsters and things. And then I'm reading Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, which is our Pride Month book club. So that's we're gonna be we're gonna have a book club meeting here in the library. But if you can't come to that, my old pal Bo Hutchings is gonna join me for a book club on the podcast in the next episode. So that's where I'm at. A lot going on. Yeah. Are, are you watching? On. You watching anything at the moment? Not as much, just because I've been trying to. Are you read one of those? I'm not a TV per- person. No, no, no. I, just, I love. I need TV. to know. Okay, you do. All right. I just what I do is. If I get really invested in a show, yeah. it's the only thing I want to do. It's mm. the, like I don't want to read. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. like work on my own writing. Yes. And so all I want to do is keep going with the story that I yes. have going. So I try and mostly watch shows with other people because then I can only watch it when the other person is available. Oh to watch yes, it. yep. That's a um, that's a that's a pitfall. Yeah. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, there's so many shows I want to watch that yeah. no one I know wants to watch. Mm. Or so, but I did actually just finish. Um, season two of zoe's extraordinary playlist oh nbc yeah i yeah. haven't i haven't watched it oh it's so good Thumbs it's up? so okay. much fun yeah i definitely recommend i think i've it. only heard good things about it the music is great the story is great i yeah. think the characters are really fun okay. and the season two finale was so good that i almost don't want them to renew it because it was such a good <laughs> resolution a yeah. okay well that's fun i have been uh like you you know i typically would will watch things with my wife and so like we have to be like, no, we, we have to wait till we can both see it. Mm-hmm. One show that I watched on my own was Kim's Convenience on Netflix. Great. So, so fun. Such a fun show. And I'm excited because the final season just came out, like, as we record, I think even just today. So I'm excited to watch that, get into that. But that that's going to be my next binge watch there. Okay. Should we look at some book news? Sure. Let's do it. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. I like that enthusiasm. All right. <laughs> well, Allie, since you're the youth librarian, did we say that? I said you were the newest addition to the staff, but did we actually say what your title is? I don't actually remember. Well, Allie's the youth librarian, everyone. She's going to be working uh, primarily with teens. So uh, we're going to talk YA. How does that sound? Sounds good. Okay. The YA list, uh, historically, you'll see things that'll be like, all right, this has been on the bestseller list for 150 weeks. Uh, and it tends to be a lot more static than some of the other lists, you know, like, Teens like what they like, apparently. But I was looking at this one, and it actually is a little different than it than they typically are. So let's do it. Number 10 on the New York Times bestseller list for young adult hardcover. Number 10. We have Good Girl, Bad Blood by Holly Jackson. This has been on the uh, list for 11 weeks. Pip investigates the disappearance of her friend. What's your What's your hot take? Short and sweet summary there i was actually reading about this just the other day oh you day. were okay mm-hmm. it sounds pretty interesting it sounds a little intense too Some like a small town murder investigation oh, kind of thing yeah yeah All right. so but like maybe not maybe not the coziest of cozy murder <laughs> mysteries. maybe a little too unsettling for that okay. i'm not sure more on the dark side of things okay <laughs> Uh, 19 weeks on the list, we have Concrete Rose. This is, I, I believe this is the prequel to Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give. 
She's got The Hate You Give was first, and then we had On the Come Up, which Malik and I did a whole episode on On the Come Up a few weeks back. And Concrete Rose is actually a prequel to The Hate You Give. Maverick Carter decides to leave the life of crime after he finds out he'll be a father. Well, I think that would... That would change your perspective. Have you read or seen uh, The Hate You Give? Yeah, I read it. I really enjoyed that. Did you? Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've only read on the come up, but I liked that quite a lot. So maybe I'll maybe I'll dive in. Is this Maverick Carter? Is that a character you remember from? I am thinking that's okay. the main character's dad. Oh, but well, that it's would actually sense. been a while since I read it. Because it is so. a prequel, so maybe. Yeah. May or may not be the main character's dad. <laughs> Come <laughs> My into the library. Names are a little. Check foggy. it out. Okay. Number eight, Firekeeper's daughter. Adonis investigates a deadly new drug being distributed in her tribal community. Ten weeks on the list. Uh, Lore by Alexandra Bracken. Coming in at number seven with 20 weeks on the list to get revenge for her family's murder. Dark. A little bit dark. A little bit dark. Lore must re-enter a hunt known as the Agon. Hmm. Do you know this one? I don't know this one. I actually, I haven't read this either, but I did do a little reading about this. Um, And it sounds like... I, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone called you hit before? Was this the first time that's happened? I think that wow. might be the first time that's happened. Well, I'm glad happened. I could be here for it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the main character is maybe Medusa or a relative of Medusa or something like that. You know what? The cover, definitely Medusa vibes on the cover. So I think you're onto Which something there. I think it's pretty exciting. That's unique. Yeah. Snake hair, like that's, you yeah. know, it's a good vibe. Yeah. Myths, I feel like have been making a comeback. That, uh, that book, Circe by Madeline Miller. That was one that kind of turned the tides, and it's like, let's talk myths now. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's in the wake of that. Number six, new this week. Exciting. Ooh, breaking, exciting. breaking news. Tokyo Ever After by Emiko Jean. Uh, when she uncovers her father's identity, Izumi discovers that she is a Japanese princess. Hmm, sounds exciting. What would you do if you found out that you were a princess of any kind? I don't think I would believe it. You wouldn't. Okay. I mean, I would need some pretty serious <laughs> evidence <laughs> some paperwork before I would buy that. And then yeah. you would. Okay. All right. Uh, number five, eight weeks on the list, Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo. Oh, popular author. I have only read her Wonder Woman book, so I can't tell you any more than that. But this is the second book in the King of Scars duology, and that is all the New York Times is going to give us. Okay. So I can't tell you what it's about. I don't think Medusa's in it. Mm, that's a shame. Here we go. Here's the number I'm used to seeing. 173 weeks on the list. That's a long time. We're talking three years at this point. Three that's years and really some change. Long time. Yeah. Number four by Karen M. McManus. One of us is lying. For five students, a detour into detention ends in murder. Yeah, that's been an ever-present one here. Number three, 61 weeks on the list by Jason Reynolds and Ibram X. Sendi. An exploration of racism and anti-racism in America. I am a big fan of Jason Reynolds. I haven't read this one, but long way down, high marks. Number two, new this week. We got another new one. Oh I like boy. the title, Mr. Impossible by Maggie Stevatar. Ronan, Hennessy, and Bride try to make a dreamers. <laughs> Hold on. I lost the thread of that. Ronan, Hennessy, and Bride try to make dreamers more powerful. Okay, I guess I didn't. It just didn't make sense to me. Wait, what does that mean? Tries to make dreamers more powerful as in people who are asleep and literally dreaming i don't know that's a good question that's that's all we got uh it's not capitalized i don't think we're talking about dreamers in like the political sense that was my other i don't think so it's possible the cover is cool but it provides no information so Mm. i i can't tell you new this week so i guess we'll find out you can you can add that to your to your research list 
Uh, finally, coming in at number one. Number one, three weeks on the list, Realm Breaker by Victoria Aviard. A small band of misfits attempt to save Alward. Oh, I like a good band of misfits. Misfits Don't are good. do you think? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about fantasy? I do like fantasy. Okay. Um, but I actually haven't read any of Victoria Aviard's book. I <gasps> Confession time. I picked up one once and I read a couple of pages and I just wasn't gripped. Couldn't do it. And... I yeah. <laughs> listeners i wish that you could see the shame on her face when she said that she hadn't it's a lot of shame. there was a shoulder hunch and a downward it was yeah it was sad to see that's all right you get you've got plenty of time um teen like ya fantasy is where it's at i feel like that that always seems to be especially here maybe that's just kate checking it out i don't know but it gets uh <laughs> it gets a lot of play i think it's more than kate you do mm-hmm, okay that's your professional opinion yeah well it's only been two weeks so we'll see Allie, let's get into our topic today. I don't have any special music for spins on fairy tales, so would you like to improv a song or? <laughs> oh wait, I think that's actually music that Was they that... play at the beginning of an audio book. That, that felt a little copyright infringing, uh, so we got to be careful about that. But I like the spirit. You dove right in. Uh, I let Allie pick the topic this week, and you suggested well, you suggested a specific one of these, and then you said, "Hey, let's broaden it." Uh, what was the one that uh, that got you interested in this? So what I was thinking about were um, some of Gail Carson Levine's fairy yeah, tales, right. of which, again, El Enchanted is one, yes. um, and also Ferris, The Lost Kingdom of Bamar. Mm-hmm. I want to say there might be another one that I'm not thinking of that she has. Okay. But yeah, those were the ones that I was initially thinking about, and then I thought, you know what? There's a lot of books kind of in this mm. genre, per se, that are really yeah. fun. Yeah, for the last couple of years, it seems like, you know, once like supernatural, like vampire werewolf things died down and then people were starting to get sick of dystopia, it seemed like the fairy tale retellings were sort of primed to take that spot. And I don't know if they ever quite reached the same heights as some of those other trends, but I think it's continuing. And even even now, I think we're seeing a lot of these. So um, they, I think they, they do remain popular. Were fairy tales, was that a big part of like growing up? Did you... Do you have any connection to fairy tales as a kid or anything or just something you... Okay. I've always really liked fairy tales, yeah. Okay. Um, and what I really enjoyed as a kid were like uh, picture books of fairy tales mm-hmm. but that are like really beautifully illustrated. Oh, yes. Um, there's one of Rapunzel that I wish I knew offhand mm. who illustrated it. Okay. But it's really lovely. Um, and so, yeah, those I really enjoyed. And then as I got older, I gradually started moving into more like fairy tale retellings, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Okay. So I don't think that I ever had any interaction with fairy tales outside of like Disney. Like if there's not a Disney version of it, I don't think I really bumped up against it. So I don't know. was never really, never really a thing I was drawn to, but I have read some cool ones uh, as we go here. Yeah. You mentioned Nella Enchanted and actually that was one of our listener feedbacks here. So let me, uh, let me take a look over on Twitter. Again, you can find us on Twitter at all the book show or on Facebook at David A. Howe public library. HG editor says, I loved Ella Enchanted, the book. She says the movie was fine, too. What are your feelings? The movie is fine, but it's a little different, and it's not as good as the book. Is that Anne Hathaway, or am I mixing things? I think it is. I think it is, too, but I wasn't sure if I was just thinking of Princess Diaries. No, I think that's right. Okay. All right. That's the official statement, then, of House Things Podcast. Uh, Anyway, HG Editor says the movie was fine, too. She liked that when she was younger. She said Cinder is also excellent, and that's actually on my list. She says that series does a fun take on several fairy tales, including Rapunzel, The Little Red Riding Hood, and Cinderella, of course. So, yes, Ella Enchanted. What about Ella Enchanted stood out to you? My dad actually read that to my sister and I when we were really little. So there's some kind of nostalgia going on here. Yeah. Um, But also... I guess one of the things I really liked about it is, so it takes the kind of 
story of Cinderella, but it adds some elements, it okay. adds some more magic, um, and it adds the main character has a curse on her where she has Ooh. to be obedient. If someone gives her a command, she has to do it. Yikes. Pretty much no matter what. And so I think one of the things that I really like about that and about fairy tale retellings in general is that they often add kind of some of that depth mm. of it's not just, oh, you know, my dad's new wife is so annoying and she won't let me go to the ball but right. it also brings in some internal struggle of i just like that you describe the evil stepmother as my dad's new wife i, I temporarily s- forgot the word for stepmother so i was like how can we circumlocute well, this? very creative you, you did it yeah anyway the dad's the dad's uh, new, new wife, wife. Mm-hmm. um More but so her. it brings in some kind of internal struggle as well yes like she has to figure out how to deal with this she tries to break the curse okay. she tries and tries and tries it keeps not working. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't tell you whether she ever succeeds. Spoilers. Okay. Um, <laughs> read that to find out. <laughs> a little plug there. But so, yeah, it makes it a little more about kind of her figuring out how to deal with those things mm-hmm. than just the kind of like, I want to go to the ball. <laughs> and so I think that's some of what really adds that richness to okay. it. All right. Well, that's interesting. I, um, I Have you done a lot of Cinderella stuff? Because it seems like Cinderella gets a lot of play. I think there's, yeah, I think I've read a decent amount of Cinderella stuff just because okay. there is quite a bit. Yeah. And like movies, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of retellings I in actually, movies. I kind of liked, well, I mean, I, I liked Ever After with uh, Drew Barrymore forever ago, but I was pretty okay with the, the more recent live action Cinderella with... Um, Oh, Lily James. Lily James. That's it. Did you see that one? I did. Yeah. I thought that was decent. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. Yeah. Going back to HG editor here, she mentioned Cinder, which is part of the the uh, the lunar lunar series um, by Marissa Meyer. We did that first book uh, as a YA for adults book club many years ago, and so I read it as part of that, and it it is really cool. I mean, that book takes the Cinderella story and gives it sort of a sci-fi steampunk vibe, and it just works really well. And I think there's four books in that series, and those have uh, those have remained big hits over time, so uh, so that's a good one too. I see another list listener response here. Uh, Muddy Rudder on Twitter says the movie Cinderella, which if I'm remembering that right, I think that's Jerry Lewis. I don't know. Well, I'm not familiar with it. I guess we'll we'll find out. Um, so I I did read Cinder, but I didn't have a lot on the list here. So I was looking at graphic novels, uh, and there are some really good graphic novels that that do this. And one of the ones that I read recently was called The Magic Fish. And this is, it kind of interweaves both uh, Cinderella and The Little Mermaid in a, in a really unique way because it, it's a sort of a frame story of a, of a boy and his mom and they're telling these folklore fairy tales to each other and it's, and it's a way they connect and it's a way they kind of you know process their situations around them. And so it takes elements of both and sort of interweaves them together. And you, you get just little patches of the story here and there, which sounds like it could be confusing. But the illustrations are great, and it just manages to like be cohesive and tell a really compelling story. And it's ultimately about the son trying to find a way to come out to his mom and using that, mm. uh, using the stories as kind of a lens to do that. And of course she beats him to the punch. Oops, spoiler alert. Oh no. <laughs> but I think that's really good. And that's uh, that's brand new. That is by Trung Lee Nguyen. And we have that right here in our collection. It's a, it's a YA graphic novel. So you can stop in and check that out. Have you read any graphic novels that do this? I'm not sure I've ever actually read a graphic novel that's a fairy tale retelling, okay. which now I'm realizing, you know, there's this obvious oh, yeah. and gaping yes. hole in my you reading. Gotta, yeah, so you got to. I got to yep. read this. Yep. But I would like to 
um, now that I realize that this okay. is something I need to do. <laughs> now, now I want to. Yeah, well, uh, we have several, and I, I have a few more that I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, but tell me some of the other ones that you enjoy. So another series that I really like, um, which is maybe a little bit a little bit off from fairy tale retellings, but is the um, Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia C. Reedy. Okay. So, And what that does that's a little different is instead of retelling a fairy tale, they're original stories, but they're set in a fairy tale world, and they oh. draw a lot of the fairy tale lore. Okay. In. So familiar characters or familiar kind of fairy tale tropes mm-hmm. will just show up all the time. Okay. Um, from stories that are familiar, or some that are even a little bit more like maybe you haven't heard of them. Like, yeah. There's one with something about a flying mortar and pestle, <laughs> and there's a reference to that okay. again in this series. All right. So I really, yeah, I really enjoy those. Well, as that well. sounds fun. That made me think of Shrek. Which I feel like, it, particularly the first Shrek, does such a clever job of incorporating all of these, you know, like Grimm's fairy tales and just everything in there in, in a in a new way without without it feeling sloppy. I think that's that's so clever. And then they made so many more Shreks. So yeah, they did make quite a lot of Shreks. <laughs> After that, you know, it loses a little bit of steam. But one of the ones that I like, and I, are we going to count Peter Pan as a fairy tale? Can we count Peter Pan? Sure, let's do it. Okay, thank you. Uh, I like Dave Barry and Ridley Pearson's Peter and the Star Catchers. Mm. That book, uh, I've actually only read the first one. And I, I, it was one of those ones where like, I liked the book and would recommend it, but I didn't really feel the need to like read more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I finished it and was like, but then what happens? So I, uh, I did, I did really like that one. I, I want to say there are four books and some, um, some side, you know, short, like sort of in between, cause there was a publication on that was super long years between books. And they would put out little like sort of side quest sequel books in between. I know I read a few of those too, but that just does a really nice job of taking very familiar characters and putting them in situations that are, you know, distinctly and, you know, pretty, pretty widely different from what you know, but still making them recognizable and fun. So I, I, I do like, especially that first book, and, you know, maybe I'll go back and read more of the first series, but it starts very strong. A few years back at a, um, I think it was actually the ALA conference out in Seattle, I met Ridley Pearson, and he was promoting his uh, Super Sons graphic novel series, which is like, I would say a little lower than YA, more like a junior um, junior level graphic novel that's about uh, Batman's son and Superman's son. Really fun story, and I had a I had a fun conversation with uh, Ridley Pearson about that. But I've pe- heard really good things about that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I have. Nice. I haven't read it, but at some point I would like to. Guess what? We have them. Yay! Right here in the collection. Uh, looking at some of our user responses, I want to mention Tina over on Facebook mentioned Frog Kisser by Garth Nix, which I. I, I'm not familiar with uh, that at all. Have I don't you? think I am either. Well, there you go. Uh, I did love the Disney movie, The Princess and the Frog. I also really liked that one, yeah. It was so fun to see like the hand-drawn animation again. I kind of thought maybe they were going to do that every now and then, but it was like one and done with Princess and the Frog. Mm. So what are you going to do? Anyway, thanks, Tina. A couple of mentions here. Alicia on Facebook and then again, Muddy Rudder over on Twitter are mentioning the Once Upon a Time TV series that was on ABC. Did you ever get into that? I saw a little bit of it, and I honestly, I'm not sure why I didn't mm-hmm. watch more. At some point, I kind of stopped. I think maybe, I don't know, I got busy with school or something uh-huh. and just never got back into it. I know that I've seen, I, I have at least seen the first episode and, and a couple a couple in there. It just, it didn't really do much for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I never really clicked with it, but I know it was super popular. I had a couple spinoffs and I mostly would just see, you know, like on, on Twitter or some like TV news site that it would be like, now Aladdin's on it. Now mm-hmm. the, you know, yeah. 
And that seems really cheesy to me, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that reminds me of another one that's that's kind of similar to that. It does a similar thing, and that's Fables, which is a long-running graphic novel series by Bill Willingham. And I know um, uh, Miss Music Box 91 on Twitter uh, is, is suggesting this one. And it, it has kind of a similar premise to Once Upon a Time in that you have these fairy tale characters that are kind of crossing over into the real world and then living kind of normal lives and their fairy tale-ness comes back. This was immensely popular. I, back when I worked at a college library, this was part of that collection. And we would regularly get requests, you know, interlibrary loans uh, requests for that. So I know we have the whole thing in our system here. I've only ever read the first volume. And while I appreciate it, it wasn't one that I was like, you know, I'm going to read this whole series. But I don't think you can have a conversation about spins on fairy tales without mentioning fables. And that's probably one worth picking out if you're interested in this topic. Uh, what else you got? I was actually just remembering. Um, so Right now, in the moment? Right now, oh in gosh. this moment. Oh my gosh. I was remembering, there's the play Into the Woods, which kind of yeah, does that okay. mixing of fairy tale yeah. things, which I don't know, I really enjoy. And I, they, made a, they made a movie adaptation of that a few yeah. years ago. Which I've seen it on stage. I've never seen the movie. I'm Just that music doesn't click for me. Mm, that's so, too bad. I don't know. Do you, you're a fan? I am a fan. Yeah, I okay. do enjoy it. But I was also remembering there's a book by the same title, which is unrelated oh. to the play. Well, it's a good title. It is a good title, um, but it does a similar thing where it kind of takes some fairy tale elements and sort of blends them together, brings yeah. in like the Pied Piper makes an appearance, that uh, kind of okay. thing. Um, some wolves. I remember reading it a number of years ago. I thought it was pretty exciting. Okay. You mentioned the Pied Piper and that reminds me of one that I read. It's another graphic novel called One Trick Pony by Nathan Hale. This is not really like a retelling of the Pied Piper because they acknowledge the pi- the story of the Pied Piper within it. Uh, but it is it is kind of a take on that premise and it's really it it's really expertly done. I the imagery of it is just to me, I think it's really engaging and unique. Uh, it, it uses very little color, just grays and whites and yellows. And the way it uses, particularly the yellow, I don't know, it's just really effective. And it's kind of about this, uh, you know, there's like a ragtag group of human survivors. And there's these aliens, I guess, that are kind of uh, stalking the land and trying to, you know, I think, scoop up the remaining humans. It doesn't really get into the weeds about what got you here. You know, it's really just kind of drops you in and you sort of figure it out as you go. But they make this sort of, like, it sounds like they're saying like pie, 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 pie. So they call them the pipers and things. Mm. Uh, and so if you know the story of the Pied Piper, you can kind of guess what happens from there. But Not good thing. <laughs> right. But that was one that, uh, that, I don't know, it just, it really clicked for me. I thought it was unique. I thought, you know, it's kind of rare, I think, to be able to, to really stand out and do something that uh, sets itself apart. But I think this one did. So again, One Trick Pony by Nathan Hale. Uh, you, you're going to have to get on this graphic novel train. I know. I know. I really, yeah, I'm missing out. <laughs> I think actually, though, I do remember reading Rapunzel's Revenge a long time ago, which oh. is a graphic novel. Okay. And I think that's Shannon Hale, I want to say. Oh, yeah, you might be right. I've read some stuff by Shannon Hale as well, and that does sound, that sounds on point for her yeah, kind of thing. So I, think I, so I bet you're right about that. I don't remember a lot about it other than that Rapunzel had red hair yeah. and she was really cool. Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot. Just so. those two things. Okay. Yeah. I one of the uh, one of the mangas that's been really popular is Snow White with the red hair, um, and 
we have it. Uh, and we also have the anime. I have not read any of the manga, but I've watched the first several episodes of the anime. And it's one where it's like, they use the name Snow White and they mention dwarfs and there's some poisoned apples. And it's sort of like after that, they're like, (laughs) and maybe it comes back around, but they seem to get away from the whole Snow White premise very quickly in it. But that's one that seems to be kind of like on the come up. It seems like people are uh, interested in that. And I am liking the anime so far. Do you do much in the way of anime or anything like that? Uh, Not as much as I wish. Okay. So, and some of it is just so many things to read and watch. So little time. Yeah. Um, and not always being able to find what I'm looking for. Yeah. Which, again, now that I'm working here, suddenly I'm like, all the things I've ever wanted yes, to read and watch. That's a double-edged sword because, like, I'll do that too. You know, like I said, back in the day, I'd be going through book returns. And even now when I'm ordering books, I'm like, I got to read that and I got to read that and I got to read that. And the list just keeps growing. Oh, man. So the things that you want to read, it grows, but you still have the exact same amount of time. So that's a shame. You know, you, you can be burned by it. If you had to choose. One, if somebody has never read a, uh, a fairy tale spin like the ones we've talking about and they're interested in doing it, what's the one that you would put in their hands? See, again, I think maybe that comes back to Ellen Enchanted because I okay. feel like that just does so many of the good fairy tale retelling mm-hmm. things. But I don't know. It's hard because at the same time, I feel like it'd be nice to start with something that's maybe a little bit less familiar because mm-hmm. the Cinderella story is so familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also really like Gail Carson Levine's retelling yeah. of Rapunzel, which is one of my favorite fairy tales mm-hmm. in general, which is The Lost Kingdom of Bamar, which I think she does some really interesting and kind of unexpected things mm. with the story of Rapunzel. It almost feels like you're reading a new story and then you realize that it's mm. Rapunzel. Oh, I um, see. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I think those can often be really fun because... They bring a lot of that freshness and don't feel too tired mm-hmm. out if you are just thinking, oh, this is just a story. And then you kind of, it's almost like a, being a detective and kind of noticing the clues of like, mm-hmm. wait a second, this seems, and wait a second, wait yeah. a second, this is Rapunzel. Yeah, yeah. So That's cool. I really enjoy that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a big uh, back lot of, of these books to read, but of the ones I did, I think I've maybe, I mean, I think Cinder is a really solid choice because it checks a lot of boxes and it's not the kind of thing where you're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's like Cinderella, you know, Mm -hmm. like they kind of own that and do their own thing with it. So I do think Cinder is a really good choice for that. For graphic novels, I think as much as I liked One Trick Pony, I might go with The Magic Fish just because I think it, it does a lot in, in this, in the pages of this graphic novel. It's a really complex story. You, you see a lot of the, you see a lot of that folklore coming through there and the way that it's used to kind of further, you know, the, the overarching plot of the characters who are experiencing the story, I just think is really clever. And it, it is, it is decidedly modern. You know, I think the, the art style and just the kind of story it tells and the, in the way it gets you to the point that it's trying to make you see, I think is just really effective. So I would say Magic Fish would be my recommendation. And you said that it's got a mixture of Cinderella and The Little Mermaid, The Little right? Mermaid, yeah. Which is also really interesting because even though there's a lot of stories that do kind of that blend, I feel like The Little Mermaid doesn't usually go into that blend. It's true, yeah. And definitely not with Cinderella. Like I know. that's a pairing I feel like I'm not familiar with at yeah. all. Yeah, well, and I guess I thought it was going to be more because it is called The Magic Fish. I thought it was going to be a little bit more on the Little Mermaid side, uh, and what it does is, it's a really unique spin on the Little Mermaid. But it's it's kind of like what you were saying with the Rapunzel book. It's like as you go, you're sort of like, oh, this is the Little Mermaid. Okay, like you almost don't see it at first until like you're right upon it. And so I do think that's really effective. And 
it is as you go through you're kind of like wait are we talking about cinderella are we talking about the little mermaid you know because mm-hmm. it all kind of that's just one of the clever things of the book the way it sort of meshes that way but you're right the little mermaid and maybe it's because the hans christians anderson like the original story is like dark and weird maybe people are just kind of like well, let's stick with the disney version and <laughs> stay away from uh, the weirdness that's happening here but yeah it, it is kind of unique there but i liked it i liked it and would recommend it it's a it's a cool book all right do you have a favorite YA book that we could leave people with? Outside of this, just something that's sort of like, this is an Ali Stevick pick. Hmm. It's hard because there are so many books. And then anytime I'm like, oh yeah, this is my favorite YA book, I have yeah. this moment of like, wait, is this a YA book yeah. or is this more like that middle it's grade truly, junior stuff? It's kind of a trick question because I feel like you can't truly answer what your favorite book is because so much of it is mood you know like what you're in the zone for at any given time but your first display was like an alley's picks display so was there one on there that you were secretly hoping more than the other somebody would pick up and rediscover hmm i was really hoping people would pick up and discover bella at midnight but i don't know if that's because it's my favorite favorite so much as just because i feel like not as many people have read it and it also i think it's a little bit of a Cinderella kind of thing going uh, okay. on. Okay, all right. Bella all right. and I, you know, you can yeah, see the I connection. Get it. Yep. But I really enjoyed that when I read it. And not a lot of people that I've talked to are as familiar with that. Maybe that's just something about the people I talk to. I don't know. <laughs> but so that's one that I was hoping people would I wasn't familiar discover. with it until I saw it on your display. So I've discovered it. How about that? Yay. Uh, let's, let's move into a little library news because we haven't, uh, I mean, we're, you know, every everything's fully open again. We're we're rocking and rolling. We're getting ready for the summer. Uh, what are some things people can look for uh, coming up as far as teen programming goes? So coming up on Mondays until the end of the school year, okay. I'm doing a math tutoring program. Yes. Fun fact about me: I was actually a math major in college. Yeah. I love math, and I am here to help you also love math. I wasn't aware that you could be a math major, but that's that is a thing people do. Yes, that's oh, the thing okay. people do. <laughs> what do you mean you couldn't no, be a I math mean, you know, what, how, how are you drawn to math? Like, how did that happen? Many, many years ago, when I was a wee small child, <laughs> my sister was like, eh, I'm not as into math, which isn't actually the case anymore. She's fine with math. Okay. And I was like, well, I'm a younger sister, and I got to be different somehow, so I'm oh. just going to like math. Wow. So it started in an act of defiance. It started in an act of defiance, but so then let me just see if sheer I got this. determination. A, a young Ali Stevick rebels by taking up a love of math that's pretty your, much yeah okay that's my that's Classic my big story, rebellion of course. yeah I yeah know. wow but so and at various points i was like eh, this is you know kind of i'm not enjoying it as much i wasn't as into it mm-hmm. but some of that determination of just defiance i feel like is what opened my mind to the idea of liking math for real and not mm-hmm. just being defiant about it and then when i took calculus i took it in high school and i really loved it hmm. and i was like well I want to do more of this. You want to do more. And so that's what we did. It's so funny because I never, I was never like, oh, I hate math so much. It certainly wasn't something that I was like, yes, math. And I do have a very clear, distinct memory of finishing my last final in my last math class and being like, woo, I don't have to do a lot of math anymore. But that's actually not true because like every year when it's budget time or just constantly, you know, with the library budget or whatever, I'm just constantly like doing math in my head. It's mostly just arithmetic, but you know, still I'm, uh, I've constantly, I'm doing it all the time. Sorry, man. Uh, so maybe I'll come to your math Mondays and you can teach me, uh, how to properly do math. I mean, it sounds fun to me. <laughs> all right. Math Mondays. What else we got? It was a tie dye thing in the works. Yes. Tie dye on me some Tuesday the 8th. Okay. Um, in the evening at six, we're oh. going to do some tie dye on the lawn. Okay. 
Yeah, and I have some free shirts for the people who come early. Okay. But if you want to come, you should bring some of your own things to dye. Anything, we'll dye right? I mean, just any like cotton Pretty much stuff, anything, right? Yeah. We'll take it, yeah. So, yeah, handkerchiefs, bags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, all kinds of things anything right. you can think of handkerchiefs was your first pull handkerchiefs was my first okay pull. they're small they're white they're easy to dye I don't I don't know okay I don't I actually use handkerchiefs that much when but. I liar when I think of handkerchiefs I think of like cowboys that oh that's interesting I think of like Bilbo Baggins leaving <laughs> and being like I forgot my pocket handkerchief <laughs> okay all right uh looking ahead to the summer reading program anything uh, on the horizon that we could talk about now or too early too early to tease well we're gonna do some animal related or animal adjacent oh right because we're tails and tails Tails that's our theme yeah so and one thing i'm excited about that we're planning is to do a monster book of monsters craft where we're gonna make like a book cover it makes your book look like the monster book of monsters i love it which i'm really excited about this was actually kate's idea shout Uh out to kate Uh and i was like that's the coolest (laughs) idea i've ever heard i've always wanted to have a monster book of monsters surely everyone else wants to have a monster book of monsters so we're gonna do that okay that sounds exciting kate is actually gonna be back on the podcast uh, for a summer reading program special episode in July. She hates doing it, but she has agreed. So you can you can look forward to that. In our very next episode, Bo Hutchings is going to be back, and we're going to be doing a deep dive into red, white, and royal blue for our Pride Month book club. And after that, we're on to summer reading program. Allie, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.